if you have been listening to everybody else and not yourself, it can be really hard to tune into that part of you that knows what she wants. And even if you do know what you want, it can be really hard to not try to talk yourself out of it because our inner critic gets so much louder when we're going for what we want because the stakes are so much higher. Welcome to Is This All There Is, the podcast for high-achieving women who have checked all the boxes of success and are left feeling overwhelmed, unfulfilled, and stuck. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Ryan Fear, and in each episode, we'll use principles of cognitive psychology, feminist theory, and expert mindset coaching to help you build the confidence and clarity you need to accomplish whatever it is you want, even if you don't yet know what that is. Hey, everybody. How is it going? Welcome to Is This All There Is? episode number 26. I wanted to thank each of you so much for listening. It is so fun creating this podcast for you, and I love reading your comments and your reviews, so please keep them coming. If you find any of these episodes useful, please forward them to a friend because I want to get this work into the hands of as many women as possible. So today, we're talking all about your next level life. This is you 2.0, future you, however you want to think about it. I use a few different terms for it, but it's basically the you that you want to create everything that you want to be, do, and have in the future, and the person that you become in the process of being, doing, and having those things. So every time I work with a client in my private coaching packages, we set two goals for the time that we're working together. We set a tangible goal, so an outcome goal, of what the client wants to achieve, whether it's finding a new job or deciding what it is that she actually wants to be doing with her life when she grows up at middle age, or whether it's simply feeling less anxious, or it is deciding where she wants to move to. Just whatever the outcome goal is, it's the goal that she wants to achieve in either three months or six months or however long we're working together. And then there's also the process goal. And this is something that not a lot of people know about. We're really familiar with like SMART goals and setting goals and achieving them. Like I have no doubt that you could achieve any goal that you set for yourself. You know how to do hard work. You know how to break goals down. But what you might not know is that to become the next level of yourself to achieve any goal, you actually become a different person in the process. And this is the whole reason that I think it's important to set goals and I think we should set goals is not because of how we think we'll feel when we have the goal or the actual achievement of the goal. Like, yeah, it's fun to achieve stuff. But because of the person we become in the process, and I've talked about this before in my goal setting episode, I don't know off the top of my head which one that is, but as you're looking through this podcast and all the episodes, I did record one on goal setting, definitely listen to it. But anyway, I digress. So it's the person you become in the process of setting the goal. So for example, back when I was a runner, 
and I ran half marathons. I, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but before my 40th birthday, I had a goal of running a half marathon every month for six months leading up to my 40th birthday. And it wasn't because I necessarily loved running half marathons. I mean, it's a pretty fun distance, but it was because I wanted to feel like I'd accomplished something. I wanted to feel athletic. I wanted to feel like I could set a goal and achieve it. But the person that I became in the process of achieving that goal was someone who could stick to a training plan, could keep moving forward when things got stuck, someone who kept going even when things got boring. So there's the goal that you set, and then there's the person you become while achieving that goal. So say you have a goal to make a certain amount of money in your business. There's the goal that you set, and then there's who you have to become, like someone who's comfortable with marketing, someone who's comfortable being seen and being visible, someone who is comfortable trusting herself to make the right decisions. So anyway... I'm not really sure why I went on that tangent. Let me dial myself back. So it's the same thing with creating your next level life. So there are all of the things you want to have and experience and be. There are the external things that you want for this next level life. But then there's also who you become in the process. So this has been my experience in being a business owner is that by the way, when you quit your job and open your own business, start your own business, all of your mental drama doesn't magically go away. In fact, it gets louder. So all of the insecurities, all the lack of self-trust, all of the things are there too. So in running my own business, I have been working through a lot of that stuff. So I'm becoming someone who feels safe being seen, feels safe being visible. I'm becoming someone who feels safe selling and having conversations with people and being vulnerable and all of the things. So yeah, two things. So when you create your next level life, there are the two phases to it. So what I have noticed, patterns I've noticed in the women that I work with is when they come to me, they're in one of two camps. Either they've checked all the boxes of success so they have the career, they have the family, they have the home, they have the car, all the things, the vacations. And they're wondering, why do I feel overwhelmed, unfulfilled, and anxious? Like, I was told I could have it all. I did all this hard work to have it all. Why am I unhappy? Or they're in the second camp where they haven't checked all of the boxes and they're feeling behind. The common denominator is that life doesn't look or feel how they imagined it would. And they blame themselves. So the first thing I teach them is how to manage their thoughts and feelings so they can build confidence, stop beating themselves up, stop looking to control other people, and generally feel better. Then once they start feeling better and getting some energy back, they start to ask, what is it that I really want from this one wild and precious life? To paraphrase Mary Oliver. This stage can be really tricky. Because you're feeling better, you're feeling more confident, you have more energy, you have more hope. And then you tell yourself you don't know what's next. This is where I was several years ago when I knew I didn't want to be a high school assistant principal forever. But I also knew I didn't want to be a principal, which was the next career step up. 
And if I wasn't supposed to be climbing the ladder, what was I supposed to be doing? And that kind of set me into an existential crisis where I didn't really want to stay where I was. I didn't really want to move forward. So what was it that I really wanted to do? And I felt really lost. And then I thought back to all of the career aspirations I've had throughout my life. Like when I was in high school, I wanted to be a fashion designer. And I convinced myself that was too hard and I couldn't do it. And so then I told myself I wanted to be a lawyer until my grandfather told me, you will be a lawyer over my dead body. (laughs) He was a lawyer (laughs) and he was a very successful lawyer, but he had some really strong feelings about the profession of law. And so then when I was in college, what I really wanted to do was study art and art history. But my mom had been an art history major and she, instead of getting her master's, she took all of her coursework but didn't finish her master's thesis. She got married instead. And that was always this big regret of hers was not finishing her education. And so I thought, well, I can't do anything with an art and art history degree, so I should major in economics. Luckily, I didn't do that. I mean, for all of you econ majors out there, bless you. That's just not how my brain works. So I studied, I compromised, I did a dual major of art history and psychology. And I didn't start taking art classes until after graduation. Then when I graduated from college, I thought I'd work in museum education. But then I realized that I wouldn't make much money and I'd have to go to grad school. And so I talked myself out of it. And then I wanted to be a camp counselor during the summers and a teacher the rest of the year. And my mom said, you don't want to do that. (laughs) So I didn't do it. So I became a business process re-engineering consultant in the healthcare industry instead, right? Like that was such a random choice for someone who had a background in art history and teaching. Anyway, my point is that after a lifetime of putting everyone else's needs and desires before my own, it was really hard to know what I wanted because I had spent even up until this point, like a short lifetime when I was in college and beyond listening to other people's opinions and convincing myself that I couldn't have what I wanted. So if you're like me, if you have been listening to everybody else and not yourself, it can be really hard to tune into that part of you that knows what she wants. And even if you do know what you want, it can be really hard to not try to talk yourself out of it, right? Because our inner critic gets so much louder when we're going for what we want because the stakes are so much higher. When you're going for a job that you don't really care about, you probably feel more confident than when you're going for a job that you really are passionate about and you really care about. And that is because there's more at stake. So your brain's job is to protect you, whether it's from physical danger, emotional danger, mental danger. And so that's really the entire job of your inner critic is to protect you from feeling shame and disappointment. So. Let's imagine there's a job that you're really excited about and it's a stretch for you. Your inner critic will be louder than it's ever been before because it's trying to protect you from feeling the disappointment if you don't get it. This is so often why we talk ourselves out of what we really want to the point that we don't even know what we want anymore. Couple that with living in a world that tells women you're second best, and this is compounded if you belong to another marginalized identity. And your needs, let alone your wishes, don't matter. It can be tricky to stake a claim and say, this is what I want. What also muddies the waters is telling yourself there are right and wrong answers to the question of what do I really want. 
And this is usually what I help coach clients through is this idea of like, there's a wrong answer for the future. There's a right answer where if only I make the right decision, then it's sunshine and rainbows and daisies and puppies, and I get to live happily ever after. But if I make the wrong decision, I'll end up alone and destitute and living in a gutter somewhere and miserable, right? Like, no wonder you have trouble making decisions because our brain loves to live in these two polarities of right decision and wrong decision. So anyway, here's some solutions. You need to become more comfortable checking in with your heart instead of your head. So what I mean by that is I know that you're really good at weighing pros and cons and making lists and being really analytical about things. I know you're really good about polling everybody else that you know about what you should and shouldn't do. We're trained as women to not trust ourselves. We're trained to look outside of ourselves for the answers. And so that can make it also really hard to know what we really want. But your heart Your heart is amazing. And I have learned so much about the heart after my cardiac incident. I use a variety of names for it. Um, After my aortic dissection, where our heart has such a bigger energy field than I had ever imagined. Like our heart projects out our energy and how we're feeling. And it also brings in energy from other people, animals, the ether. So while our brain is trying to make sense of things on an analytical level, our heart can automatically tap in and just know. So your heart has a ton of wisdom. And there's a meditation that I like to do that helps you tap into your heart space. If you would like a recording of it, just send me an email, amanda at amandaryanfear.com, and I'll send you a copy of it. But practice feeling in to your heart. You can put your hand on your heart. You can do some deep breaths and ask your heart, what is it that I really want? And then listen to that, that voice, that small voice that comes up. Because your brain is always going to try to direct you to the path of least resistance. It's going to try to direct you based on how you think you want to feel, but your heart knows the answer. You can also practice tapping into your heart using a technique called the full body yes. So I want you to think about a time that you, let's see, like that you knew something was wrong. You knew it was the wrong choice or you got a bad vibe from somebody you were interacting with. You just knew that something was wrong for you. And I want you to feel how that feels in your body. And then think about a time that something felt really right. I like to use the example of adopting a pet. Like that feels like a whole full heart yes to me. Where you just knew that it was the pet for you. Or it could be when you met your partner. Or when you met your child, if you have a partner and or child. Just that feeling in your heart of yes, this is right for me. That is the feeling of the full body yes. So being aware of that feeling when you're making decisions, when you're thinking about what it is that you truly want, 
tapping into that feeling of the full body yes, of like, yes, this feels right in my head, my heart, and my gut, that's when you should move forward. We tend to get stuck thinking like in the five-year plan, right? Like I know you're really good at backwards mapping, setting a goal, and then coming up with all the steps that you need to take to get it. But really, you need to do it in the opposite way. Instead of thinking, what is it that I want like five years from now? Ask yourself, what is it that I want right now? Ask your heart, what is it that I want right now? Do I want to make myself a sandwich? Do I want to take a nap? Do I want to go for a walk? What is it that I want right now? And then it's like your future is this, now I can't think of the word for it, greenhouse, I'll use greenhouse. In the distance, you can barely see it. And but you can see the next like three paver stones in front of you. Everything else is really foggy. Your only job is to follow the next paver stone. You know your future's out there. You don't have to have it all mapped out. Your job is just to follow the next step. The next step of what do I want in this moment? Not what should I want? Not what does everybody else want? but what do I want in this moment? You can also ask yourself, what do I want more of in my life? More calm, more peace, more puppies. What do I want less of in my life? More overwhelm, more drama. I mean, less overwhelm, less drama. Less email is what my brain just gave me. What do I want? What do I really want? And I don't know is not an option. When you ask yourself, what do I want? You're not allowed to say, I don't know. Your brain's been telling you, I don't know for years. Get really curious. There is no wrong answer. It's, it's almost like we're afraid to hear the answer. What do I want? Write down whatever comes up and don't judge it. You don't have to make any of this happen right now. So don't stress about that. Just get curious. Another activity that I love is write down a list of at least 50 things, ideally 100 things, that you want to do, be, or have in your lifetime. You'll probably be able to crank out like 20 to 25, and then it starts getting harder. But the more that you can crank out, there's gold in those last few ones. Whenever I do this exercise with clients, The last few ones are the ones where they're like, oh my gosh, I had totally forgotten that I wanted to do that, or I had totally forgotten about this, or I had no idea that I wanted to do this. This is where all of the things that have gotten buried in the back of your brain because you've told yourself you can't have them and you can't do them for so long, that trotting them out almost becomes painful. When these things come out, it's awesome. Now, you might be thinking, how can I even think about building my next level life when I'm just feeling overwhelmed, unfulfilled, anxious, everything's so hard right now, I can't even imagine what I want in the future. And this is where a lot of my clients are when they first come to me, is they just, like, it all feels too much and they're feeling stuck. And so what I've noticed is that over the first few weeks of our coaching together, they start to feel better. And they start to be able to manage their thinking and manage their emotions. And when that happens, they start to have more energy. 
And with more energy comes more hope. And with more hope comes the question, what is it that I actually really want? And that's when the awesomeness begins. So if you're ready once and for all to feel better, have more calm and peace and joy in your life, and then start building your next level life, we should talk. Book a consultation call with me. On the call, we will talk all about where you are, where you want to go, where you're feeling stuck, and we'll come up with solutions to get you from where you are to where you want to go. You can book the call on my website, www.amandaryanfear.com backslash consultation, and I'll put a link in the bio. I can't wait to chat. Until then, take care. I hope you're well. If you found this podcast helpful, head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And go ahead and send it to a friend while you're at it. Thank you. My mission in life is to liberate women from the limiting beliefs that are holding them back from living their fullest, most joyful lives. If you'd like to learn more about my work, check out my website at www.amandaryanfear.com. That's A-M-A-N-D-A-R-Y-A-N-F-E-A-R.com, where you can find links to join my free private Facebook group and learn more about working with me.